0: Mic, really quick. All right, it took me a minute. All right, you guys can can you hear me? Yes. All right, take your Bibles and turn with me to Nehemiah chapter two. Nehemiah chapter number two. Are you sure you can hear me out there? Oh. <laughs> um, as always, it's a blessing to be here and to uh, preach. You know, nights like this really makes me thankful for. Guys like Brother Adam Slagle, Brother Dr. Sharp, <laughs> um, and just different men that, uh, that pastor calls on to preach the Word of God. And so I'm very thankful for you guys, just not tonight, you know, and so, but anyway, let's, let's read so y'all can be seated here soon. So in chapter two, we'll read the whole chapter here. And it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, the king, that was uh, the, the, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad, uh, sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid and said unto the king, "Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the when the city, the place of my father's sepulcher" lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servants have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulcher, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, For the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set, set him a time. Moreover, I said unto him, the king, If it pleased the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over. That they may be convey me over till I come into Judah. Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the of the palace which appertained to the house, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the "'Good hand of my of my God upon me.' "'Then I came to the governors beyond the river "'and gave them the king's letters. "'Now the king had sent captains of the army "'and horsemen with me. "'When Samballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, "'the Ammonite, heard of it, "'it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man "'to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. "'So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days.' and i rose in the night i and some few men with me neither told i any man what my god had put in my heart to do at jerusalem neither was there any beast with me save the beast that i rode upon and i went up i went out by night by the gate of the valley even before the dragon well well and to the Dunport, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went unto the gate of the fountain, into the king's pool, but there was no play, a place for the beast that was under the, under, uh, under me to pass. Then went I up. In the in the night, by the brook, and viewed the wall, and turned back, and entered by the gate to the valley, and so returned. And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire, come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we may be that we be no more a reproach then i told them of the hand of my god which was a, which was good upon me as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me and they said let us arise up and build so they strengthened their hands for this good work but but when Samballat the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, and, Je- and Geshem, the Arabian, heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will, will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor rights, nor meet memorial in Jerusalem. Tonight I want to preach to you a message entitled doing a great work, doing the great work. The Lord's already blessed. Y'all may be seated at this time. Um, is it all right if I reminisce with you guys? You know I'm talking about me not you. And so ever, when I when I got saved at the age of 15 um, I just began, you know, just to be, my my love for church just began to grow more and more each week. I just began, every single week, I just loved going to church. I couldn't miss church, you know. I'd get off football practice, you know, and and uh, my bus captain, his wife, they would be out in the parking lot picking me up, getting ready to go to church, you know, and so, and I'm there in the van with all the other teens that, that that came along with us, all stinky and everything, and so I'd show up to church with, you know, just smelly and everything, but, and so I just I just had a love to go to church. I wanted to be in church. And so I just wanted to be around God's people, and uh, and so as as I was growing up, I I, uh, I was I'm a product of the of the bus ministry, and so I came as a bus kid. Uh, my my mom was invited uh, by two ladies. Their names was Di- uh, uh, um, Diane, Diane uh, Dana, sorry, Dana Martinez and Elizabeth Carrillo, uh, and so these two ladies were do- outdoor door knocking, my mom answered the door and invited her to go to church, and so she was like, well, I'm going to bring all my family, and so, you know, and so Ice Cream Sunday, obviously it was in the summer, so I don't remember the exact date of when I started coming to church, but Ice Cream Sunday is when we came. Um, and so, and, and, but like I said, I got saved at the age of 15. I started going, going to church at, the, at a very early, very early age. It was like two, three, three years old or something like that. And so, but I never really had a, uh, I never really had a passion to go to church you know, I always thought that church is boring, and, you know, I, I came up with every excuse not to go to church. You know, I'm sick this week, Mom, and, you know, and just, you know, you, you get yourself worked up so you can build your, te- your temperature, you know, you know how it goes, you know. Brother Marcus, you know how it goes, right? And so, <laughs> um, and so we would have all the excuse in the world just to not go to church, and then, but after I got saved, I just loved going to church, you know. There's something about going to church, you know, is, is where I wanted to be. Um, and so uh, uh, on the bus ministry, my, my bus captain would pick me up, and not even knowing it as a, as a, as a teenager, I was serving on the bus. They made me a runner. I was like, "What is a runner on a bus?" Well, you stop at somebody's house, and they're like, "Hey, run to that door, knock on their door, you know." And so, um, and so, and I did it with, uh, I did it with, you know, I was, I was happy doing that, you know. I ran to uh, to another bus kid's door, knock on their door, and say, "Hey, you coming to church?" You know. And so, and then I would not leave until they came to church, you know. And so, that's kind of how it went, you know. And so. Um, and you know, you ever as uh, growing up, I used to, you know, we'd get that knock on the door and say. Hey, you go into church, or, or the, our bus captain would be at the door, and I'm in, a, in, in the living room. It's like Shh, nobody say anything, you know. <laughs> and then you see him, you see him saying, "Hey, I could hear you in there," you know. And so, and then we're like, "Okay, well, give me two minutes," you know. And so, um, but you know, it's just it was it was a joy of going to church and just having fun serving as a runner. Then, then I remember leading my first song on a bus uh, on a bus. And I was just so nervous, and I messed up, of course, uh, and just, you know, and the Lord just, you know, blessed that, you know, as I just kept on serving on the bus, and so I have, I remember the first time I wore a shirt and tie. You know, man, a shirt and tie, everybody was like, whoa, man, you know, and I came with flooded pants, of course, you know, and so just, you know, just routing a little bus kid, you know, and so just trying to look my best, you know, and so I came uh, came to church with my first shirt and tie, and, you know, of course, the shirt had to be baggy, you know, and so it's just how I was, you know, so I had baggy shirt, flooded pants, you know, and so I guess it's now the style, you know, flooded pants these days, right? Somebody help me out, you know, and so. Um, but I guess that you could thank me for that because I started that trend, you know, and so. Um, I remember that. I remember leading my first song. I remember for the first time in teen church ushering, they're like, hey, I need you to usher. I'm like, usher, you know, and so are you sure you want me to usher? I mean, you know, I could take that money and just go like this, you know, and so, uh, but, you know, I remember being an usher, coming forward, you know, every Sunday they made me an usher, you know, walking down the aisle, and I I took pride in all of those things that God had just placed in front of me. It's like, whether it was a runner, whether it was leading my first song, as an usher, and at the age of 17, uh, we you know, I was invited, you know, or uh, invited to help stage the whole auditorium for youth conference, and I remember serving as, you know, just we had all this lumber, just you know, uh, we had a carpenter in our in our church that you know framed up the whole the whole platform and uh, Brother Sharp, you've seen youth conference at, at North Valley before. It, it, the whole thing is legit nice. 3,000 kids, teens from all over the country come in just for a little conference, a whole week conference and we would, the, the, we would stage the whole the whole auditorium the night Friday night and then uh, and so Friday night we would just be working all the way up to like 1 o'clock 2 o'clock just staging that whole thing and just it's it just amazing just being able to serve and help out with just carrying lumber whether it was just carrying lumber and cutting wood you know at that time I'm you know I'm like hoping you know you know I knew how to I knew how to use a skill saw so they you know uh, you know uh, brother Howard at the time he would give me the measurements I'd run out there and just cut my you know my his his pieces of wood you know and so we know how framers are they like everything to the T you know, and so if I was a sixteenth off on of my cut, he'd say, Go cut it again, you know. Right <laughs> right? You know, that's how them framers are, you know, and so whatever. Um, um and I remember as uh, uh as I graduated high school, I got into I got into um I got into I went into Bible college and uh, there's ministries opportunities that you get to serve in and I said hey I want to serve in a bus ministry and so I did so I uh, uh, my bus captain was a buddy of mine who was who's was about 3 4 years older than me and he was running a bus route in the neighborhood that the bus was picking me up at, and I said, "Hey, I want to work on that bus." And so, uh, and so, I got to learn so much just working on the bus ministry. I got to learn so much just not only that, but also serving in the youth ministry as well too. And uh, there, and so, and 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 God just continued to bless that, and I saw opportunities that God had just placed in front of me, and I just said, "You know, I'm going to just serve the Lord." You know, and so and, uh, I just saw every everything that I was given. I was I just put my myself to it, the task, and I took it with pride that God had given me this, not knowing that you know this is something that the Lord was just training me with, you know, and so and God was doing the work there. I remember moving out here and coming to this church for the first time um and uh, and uh, maybe the uh, a sunday or two uh within that four, that month that i've been here we had we had a uh, a church picnic and so at that time it was in June or whatever it was, and so we we had our, uh, the church picnic, and I remember coming and then just helping out. Of course, there were like 20 people in the church at the time, you know, and so uh, it's basically the number of of teens you see here, you know, and so. But we we uh, it, I just I watched how everybody was working, and I was like, okay, I'm not just going to stand around doing do nothing. So, I, of course, you know, I'm just going to go and help out. You know, I was a church member at the time, so I just started began to help out. And soon after that, Pastor Hetzer at the time said, hey, I want I want you to work on the bus ministry. Help out Brother Joel. And so I I helped out in the bus ministry. A little bit after, after that, Pastor had asked me, hey, I need to meet with you. And for some reason, my mind was saying, He's gonna to talk to me about the youth ministry. My wife was like, "No, he's not," you know. And so, and so, sure enough, he sat us down and said, "I would like you to take on the youth ministry." And I was like, "My first, th- my first instinct is teenage girls." you know how do i deal with teenage girls you know no my you know i'm like you know no 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 just no you know and so um I, and but and you know the story 8 years later i'm you know just watching the uh, serving in the youth ministry and seeing how god had blessed that work there you know serving serving jesus really pays serving jesus really pays um uh, it, you know i i think of that song it gets sweeter as the a, as a, as the days go by it gets sweeter as the days go by god really blesses if you continue to just serve jesus and he and it really pays it, um so here in our text we find nehemiah in chapter 1 we find that he had he had received bad news and news that was you know was 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 uh, was uh, something that he didn't want to hear that he was so sad and he ended up the bible tells us that he wept he wept sorely and he he he, he prayed and he fasted and so and here in chapter two we find that he's here before the king and it says in verse in verse one and it came to pass in the month Nisan in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes, And so here he is a a cupbearer to the king. The verse before that, he's a cupbearer to the king. And so you can already see that Nehemiah has trust in the king. Obviously, the king has to trust him being his cupbearer because he was in charge of being that person. You know, whatever, everybody would come and offer drinks to him and food to him. And he was in charge of making sure he would drink it and if, if 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 that was his job if everything was good with him he would give it over to the king that was the, that's basically what a cupbearer w- w- would do and so and so here we find that he's asking the king in chapter 2 that uh, for 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 uh, permission to go do this work that you would think that the king would say no to but yet he said yes to that And so, here I want you guys to realize one uh, one thing here. Number one, realize the distress we are in and do something about it. Verse number 17 reads this, Then said I unto them, He had gathered all these leaders in Jerusalem and Israel. He had gathered all these leaders and said, Hey, and he said in verse number 17, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, How Jerusalem, Jerusalem, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And so we need to realize that we are in a distress and we need to do something about it. Here Nehemiah hadn't he, he he you know, he prays and he wait he waits for for God to answer, and then and then that time came when the king says, Hey I see your countenance, and by the way, in verse number number one, towards the end, it says, "I had not been before time sad in His presence," which kind of shows a lot about His character—that He was always like a happy person. And here, the, for the first time, the king sees that He's sad, and He's like, "What? What's going on? You know, why are you sad?" And He explains to Him. And uh, and and the king allows him; it grants him the opportunity to go back and build build these walls again that have been lying in ruin for for really centuries, you know, and so um, I don't I remember the exact dates, I think it was like, let's say a hundred years, it was close to a hundred years, you know, they, they've been under the captivity of Babylon for so long, and now under the reign of, uh, uh, of the Persians, and so, but their walls had been in ruin the entire time, and in that time, he finally gets uh, gets news that his walls, these walls are still lying in ruin and everything. And so he realized that he was in a distress and he did something about it. And so here, if we are, if, if um, we need to have a mindset, we need to have a mindset. If I don't get it done, no one will. If I don't get it done, no one will. You know, like saying hi to a visitor. Hey, you, we, sometimes we see a visitor and a lot of times you know our, our, our you know our thought is like i don't I, you know, i'm afraid to go say hi to that person or i don't know what to say to that person how about just saying hi you know how are you doing or you know just going up to them shaking their hand and saying hey i'm glad that you came and so uh, uh, we need to realize that if I don't if I don't say hi to that visitor, no one will. If I don't say amen, a lot of times, you know, with singing, we get the specials up here. They'll sing, they'll get done, they'll walk off, and it's just dead quiet, you know. Come on now, we gotta we gotta be an encouragement to our offertory players, to our you know, to our the the people the the people that uh, the, that sing here, the people that you know say amen to say amen to the preaching you know say amen to just thank you you know and so <laughs> say amen to brother Adams red head you know and so. <laughs> <laughs> say amen to brother max's you know uh, you know announcements you know and so <laughs> you know just just learn to say amen if i don't say amen pastor is gonna really extend this message out very long you know if you don't say amen i'm gonna extend this message out very long you know and so thank you you know and so learn to say amen if i don't say amen nobody will you know and so just have that mindset now, can God use somebody else to uh, to accomplish His work? Absolutely. He used the donkey. He used, you know, he. Uh, I'm, you read. If you're in God's Word long enough, you'll know that He used the donkey. You'll know that He He used the uh, um 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 those shepherds. Shepherds were, you know, were known as a low, you know, just a nobody in in in, the, in that day's society. But He used shepherds. You know, he used the Apostle Paul, whom you know slaughtered and, and and caused havoc in the church. He'll use anybody, and so if you're, and so but we need to have a mindset. If I'm not going to do it, if I don't do it, nobody's going to get it done. And so if I don't, if I don't teach that class, then nobody's going to teach that class. I'm pretty sure that that pastor has asked several people, and they have all said no. You know, and so, but if you know, and so we need to get in that mindset. If I don't, if I don't pick up that piece of garbage on the floor, nobody's gonna pick up that piece of garbage on the floor. If I don't see the, you know, uh, uh, that the trash needs to be emptied, then nobody's gonna empty out that garbage. Man, I could go on with dealing with our families. If I don't play with my kids, nobody's gonna play with my kids. If I don't pray with my kids. I'm, nobody's going to pray with my kids. If I don't read the Bible with my kids, I, nobody's going to pre- read the Bible with my kids. And so we ought to get in the mindset, if I can't do it, nobody can. So number one, realize the distress that we are in and do something about it. Number two, number two, verse number four, it tells us that, he, that Nehemiah prayed. Then the king said unto me, for what, doest thou, what dost thou make requests? And then here Nehemiah says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. A lot of times, don't think that this was a this was a 911 call. By the way, Nehemiah in chapter one, read verse number one for me with me in chapter one. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, And it came to pass in the month Chislu, all right? Now, read verse number 1, chapter 2. And it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of uh, Artaxerxes, in the month Nisan, and so those two, uh, those two months I know it's uh, we we go by you know we go by January, February, all the way through December, you know, and so I almost bombed that one so um, <laughs> all the way through december and uh, 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 but uh, and and so there in between uh, Chislu and Nisan was four months, and we read in chapter one that Nehemiah prayed and he had uh and he also uh he also fasted. Is what the Bible tells us in chapter one, and here he is in chapter number two, still praying. Four months later, still praying for this, for the, for God to, to do a great work. And here, here the, the work begins in chapter three. It's amazing. I love it. I love Nehemiah. I love how, how it all, you know, how God just did some amazing work there. But if we're going to learn, if we're going to learn to do a great work in our life, we must, we must learn to pray. And you know, West Valley needs prayer warriors. You know, we need people praying for other people. We need. There's people that are hurting. There's people that are, that need your prayers. And God, God needs us to be prayer warriors for each other. And so, uh, be a prayer warrior. And also, also pray often. The Bible tells us men are always to pray you know uh obviously you can't pray you know on your knees all day long but you know what what I'm doing while I'm driving I'm praying when god puts somebody in my in my heart Hey, I need to pray for that person as I'm driving. As I'm uh, through, just throughout the day, God leads somebody. You know, leads you to pray about a specific thing, maybe something in your heart. Then start praying. You know, how often do we seek counsel without first praying? You might find the answer <laughs> if you just pray. You know, before you even you know, you might save pastor the the, uh, the the time. If you just seek God in prayer, seek God in prayer first. Work like you know we we uh, I've I've heard you know this quoted I don't know who quoted this, but they said work like it all depends on you, pray like it all depends on God, asking, uh, you know it's amazing how, so March eleventh is our first youth youth uh, youth rally, March eleventh so it'll be that Saturday and I came up with the bright idea hey. Before youth rally starts, let's do something in the parking lot. And I'm like, well, you know, after I said that, everybody's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do let's do archery tag before it all starts in the in between the parking lots. You know, I can ask the business businesses over there; they'll be all right. You know, and so here I am after that. You know, and you know, Brother Robbie, Miss Marcella, Miss Rosado's Ro- Ro- just—they're all getting excited about it. They're like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And now I'm thinking, man, what did I just say? <laughs> And so you know we're we're gonna get turned down like you know so fast you know and so here I am praying Lord help me have the right words to say as I'm walking into the businesses right across the way there and so I walked in yesterday yeah yesterday and talked with a man there an individual there and he uh and and I said hey March 11th so da 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 da, da. you know it's like is are you okay with us reserving the whole parking lot. He goes, man, I love it. You know, if you don't mind, uh, you know, uh, I would like to join in too. You know, I was like, you know, there's gonna be preaching. You know, I'm sure to salvate, You know, so maybe, maybe the Lord will work something out. You know, and so where they'll get saved through that. And so, and I talked to another, uh, I, I talked to another guy that owns the whole insulation business over there, and over the phone, and and he was super, like, excited about us doing that. And so and then I talked to another one this morning and they were good with doing that, too. And I'm like, wow, you know, (laughs) it's amazing. It's amazing how God just continues to work in that. You know, you think, man, oh, you know, they're mad at us. We've been parking in front of their doors, you know, blocking up their delivery packages, you know. And so, there's no way they're gonna say on, on earth they're gonna say uh, yes to that. And so, and here it goes. They said yes. Why? Because the Lord worked that out. He knows. And so, um, the so if we're gonna do a great work in our lives, realize that it all depends on us. Number two, pray. Number three. Recruit verse verse number 18. The Bible tells us, then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. If we're going to do a great work for God. If we're gonna do something big and mighty, we're gonna to have to learn to 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 recruit people. You know, it's amazing. I'm seeing brother Andrew back there. What's up, brother Andrew? And so, um, you know us. You know one thing about me and brother Andrew. We don't get along, you know. And so a plumber and electrician, we just don't get along, you know. And so that's just that's just the way it is, you know. And so, but we love each other. We don't get along, but we love each other, you know. And so, <laughs> um, but I'm am watching Brother Andrew. He's recruiting different guys to to do ushering and everything. And I'm watching new guys come up here and they're ushering and everything. And I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing how he's you know recruiting guys to help with the, you know like every time we get an overflow going, he'll have chairs ready to lined up in you know in the back there and I'm watching brother Z as he's recruiting teenagers or whoever to help you know set up the auditorium or brother you know brother Don's class or you know just I I'm, I'm just watching how how God is blessing the work you know it's amazing how now like it used to be just me and brother Z setting this whole auditorium up by ourselves. And so, uh, of course, we had a few other helps, uh, helpers, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for what God has done in, through the lives of our people, where people just have a mind to work, and they just put their, their hands to the plow and just get to, get to work. And so, if we're going to do a great work, work, we're going to need to recruit some people. It's not a one-man show, like Pastor says, but so we need to start recruiting, Next thing, lastly, we need to rejoice in the future victories. Verse number 20, then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants will arise and build. You know, if I, uh, I I love Vision Sunday. I love what God's going to be doing here. And I love how, how that whole front, the lobby has just been transformed, and just looks beautiful out there. I, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but let me ask you this: What can you see in the near future—next five years, year from now, ten years? What do you see? Here, let me ask you. Let me tell you what I see. You know, I see, I see, I see that prodigal son coming back to the Lord. I see that prodigal daughter coming back to the Lord. You know, we have to have hope in those, in those that, have, yeah, that have gone off the wayside and just, just out living in the world. We have to have hope that one day they'll be coming right back through those front doors. You know, I've been, I've been uh, 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 preaching and teaching to the, to the teenagers for eight years, coming close now, eight years now. And I'm looking throughout the auditorium of those that I have ministered to. I don't see very many that I have ministered to, you know. It's 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 this. Uh, it, it breaks my heart to not see to see teens graduate and then just gone, no no longer there. You know what I see? I still see hope for those that have gone, and I, you know I, I I watch as they as some would come back, and I'll just go give them a hug. I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful that God uh, that that they come decided to wake up and come to church again, you know. And so that's what we need to be like uh, that prodigal son that comes back, and us waiting here with open arms. If you see somebody that hasn't been back in church, we need to be we need to be welcoming with open arms instead of saying, "Oh, where you been the last four years?" You know. Instead, why don't we welcome them with open arms? You know what I see. I see growth in this church. I see growth in this church, and I already do, but I see more growth. You know, I see how the chairs are being lined up back there, and just we have an overflow in the lobby, sometimes in Brother Cook's room on certain Sundays. It's awesome. I'm looking at the children's church, Brother Z, he's, you know, he's back there, but there's times where there are like 60 people, 60 little kids, in, his, in one of the one of the classrooms back there and it 's just amazing to see growth there and so but I see more growth you know uh, uh, waiting for us in the near future and i 'm praising God for that because we need to have victory, we need to rejoice in the future victories that god is gonna, that God will do and that, you know what I also see young people serving God you know I see young people serving God you know as a as a plumber, I see them I see I'm still serving God as a clerk, you know, as a police officer, as a nurse, as a doctor and so on and so on and so forth. I see I'm still serving God as a preacher, as a preacher's wife, as a missionary. I see I see our young people serving God. You know, I see also people getting saved. You know, I think of I think of uh, how we, we have prayer requests. Hey, can you pray for my neighbor? You know, he needs to get saved or she needs to get saved, you know, but, and I don't mind praying for that person, but if, if you're not making any kind of effort to go and witness to them, don't waste my time with asking them to pray for uh, pray for their salvation, you know. And, uh, and same with anybody else here in the church. Don't go to that person in the church and say, "Hey, pray for their salvation. Pray for my my uh, you know my cousin's salvation, my friend's salvation." If you're not going to make any effort to go and witness to that person, there's no point in in, in praying for that person, you know. And so and so just uh, uh, hey, we ought to be we ought to. But you know what I uh, I see here. I see people getting saved. I do see that 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 family member getting saved. I see that neighbor getting saved. If you just get that, make that uh, that effort to witness to them, and we'll, I'll pray with you as long you know as much. I'll I'll, I'll help out and, and pray for you. But we need to make that effort. And so if we make that effort, I could see that happening. I could see people getting saved, you know. And so you know what else I see? I see one thing. I see. I see the day. I see the day that we break ground on our new building. You know, I I was part of a church that was consistently growing. Consistently, you know, the, the numbers are just phenomenal. I mean, it went from like you know eight hundred, nine hundred, thousand, fifteen hundred. It just kept on growing. People like you know, the auditorium was packed. They're adding chairs. That, you know, in the in my other church, in the last uh, church that I was in, a part of they were adding. They had pews, so they're adding chairs to the center aisles. They had like a, these double doors on the side there where they'll open up, and that would, that was their overflow into the outside. The, and so they had the whole out, You know, the lobby was just it was just packed everywhere you go, and 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 we just needed a building. There's there was a need for a building. And so, and so, you know, it's amazing how we can say, I believe in a God whom we can't see, but then we don't believe in a, in a building that we can't see. You know, we need to believe that God has victory over that already. And I want to encourage you that God has that building in due time, in due season, there's going to come a time where God's going to bless that. Let me, let me, let me let you know this, Uh, my, so my pastor had told the story of how we ended up we ended up going into the new building, and so he 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 mentioned I forget the numbers, but I remember him. Uh, there's a, there's a building that they were looking at, the property they were looking at. And there was an offer that was put up, and so they put we have, uh, we ended up putting an offer out there and said, okay, we can offer two million or or whatever. I think it was two or four million. I forget what the numbers were. And then quickly, other uh, other bidders outbidded that property. They're like eight million. It was like double the price of what we could not pay. Obviously, the two or four million that we could pay was it was something that we we had no money for. And so the, and so um, and so they uh, uh, they put up an offer, and then somebody else outbidded it by like double. And then we're, we quickly just turned. You know, we're like, there's no way we can we can compete with that. And so next thing that happened, 2008, you guys remember that, that year, 2008, the economy crashed, the housing market just went straight down. They came back to the church and said, and said hey, uh, you still want to offer, put that, uh, put, uh, put that offer? And I forgot what it was. Let's say it was 4000000 million. They're like, well, we ain't got $4 million, but we got $2 million. We can offer $2 million. And they're like, well, done. How do you want to do it? What's the down payment? What can you offer as a down payment? And he says, I can offer you a dollar. So he gave them a dollar as a down payment to that building. You know, people had prayed. They walked around the property. They they said, hey, like the numbers of people would walk, you know, a pastor would have the have people walking around that building. They asked permission and said, hey, can we pray, just walk around your building and pray? And so people were walking around it asking God give us this building, give give us this property, give us this property. And the Lord blessed us with that property. And it's just amazing that they're getting to I, I think this year or even last year, they had that property paid off. It's amazing. You know, God if if God can do that for them, man, God could do that for here. You know, and so that's what I see. That's I see God breaking ground on the on the building that's coming in the near future. You know, if we're going to do a great work in our lives, we need to first pray. We need to realize that, God is, that if we don't get it done, nobody will get it done. You know, and so also be consistent and, so, uh, and, and have victory over what God has already provided us with. And so I hope that this was an encouragement to you, and that we can we can uh, we can uh, rejoice in just what God will be doing in our and in, in the lives of uh, here at West Valley and how God will just flourish it, you know. And so I'm thankful for all for this opportunity to preach. I hope this was a blessing. Let's pray, and we can be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the life of Nehemiah and just how you just given me. Um, just these thoughts tonight, Lord. And I know sometimes I can look back and say, what did I just say? But I know I can rely on you to take good care of us because you've done it so far. And I pray, Lord, that you'd just continue to use this now. Use the time of uh, of, of invitation to speak to hearts now. As the piano continues to play, let's all stand on our feet at this time. The altar is open at this time. You can come forward. If the Lord's worked on you or just laid something on your heart to just pray about, you come forward now.